Hi, everyone. I'm Allison Ramsey with the Empire Life Podcast, where we interview entrepreneurs from all around the world about their online empires and their entrepreneurship journey. We're a conscious tech company helping entrepreneurs to launch their online empires. And today I'm with Zach Nasser, and he is a neuro and hormone expert and alternative health coach. And I'll hand it over to him to intro himself a little bit more. Yeah, thanks, Allison. Thanks for having me on today. Um, so a little bit more about my story is, uh, so, uh, about 12 years ago, I used to be about 265 pounds. I was on all kinds of different medications for asthma and for ADD and all of these other different things. And I was pre-diabetic and I just had all these health problems and I was also really depressed. And so I realized that I needed to make a change, you know, and I, and I started to make all these changes and get all these great results. And like during this time, like I wanted to be a doctor, even though I didn't really care about my own health. I love biology and I wanted to be a doctor. And I had this kind of turning point where I realized that I wanted to create wellness in people's lives instead of fight off the symptoms of their illness. That's what I was doing. I wasn't paying attention to my lifestyle. I wasn't exercising. I was playing video games. And I was eating like crap. And then I was taking all these medications to try to offset the symptoms of a crappy lifestyle, you know. And uh, so, you know, ended up losing about 100 pounds and healing my digestion and brain and all of these, you know, different things. But so for the last six years, I've been um, a health coach and health educator, um, as well as, you know, um, product creator for different supplements and that kind of thing. But over the last four years, it's really been, you know, dialed into marketing and pretty and internet marketing and consulting with a lot of different uh, health brands on that. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the, the basic thing of my story, but uh, that creating of wellness, it's branched into not only nutrition and herbs and supplements, but also lifestyle, positive psychology, personal development, um, and all different types of processes for processing stuck emotions and releasing stress and reframing trauma and that kind of thing. Um, so I do a lot of things, but it's all connected to just that one core aspect, which is healing, you know, becoming whole with yourself again. Yes. Cool. Thank you, Zach. And I know right now you're working with Feedabrain and you're also about to launch a book that's related to being a, you're a hormone expert. And the Feedabrain is more related to the neuro, neurology and the study of the brain. And then your, your hormone book is related to being a hormone expert. Can you go into the Feedabrain a little bit more and what you guys are doing right now with that? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my business partner, Kevin Ballister, uh, he just released his book, How to Feed a Brain, Nutrition for Optimal Brain Function and Repair. Um, you can also find that more like free blog posts and podcasts on feedabrain.com. But basically, six years ago, he fell 20 feet from a rooftop water tower, hit the front of his head on steel scaffolding and the back of his head on concrete. So he had this type of rare brain injury that 90% of people don't wake up from the 10% that do are in a vegetative state. So he came out of the coma miraculously after 12 days and didn't eat, walk, or talk for months. And so, um, so one of the things that was a big part of his journey was he was getting these hospital nutrition supplements. Uh, I won't name any brands, but uh, they're basically the first ingredients are you know, corn syrup solids and soy protein isolate and, you know, just all of this junk. And they had him on it for 11 months 
and he was just in a brain fog for the longest time. And then he was introduced to a nutritional protocol where it was able to lift him up out of that. He got his clarity back and started to study like his life depends on it because uh, it did. And so six years later of research and working with the top MDs and functional neurologists, he released this book. Uh, so it's a dietary and supplement protocol that anyone can use to improve their brain health. So a big part of it is, is consumer focus, and we're going to have some different products like uh, natural nootropics or smart drugs and that kind of thing coming out uh, in the near future. Um, but there's also products geared towards the hospital side and how we treat brain injuries in hospitals. Um, so like one thing is I recommend you know fish oil for everybody, uh, but for people who have that kind of inflammation with brain injuries, we were able to convince this girl's doctors because we had a study. He said six grams of fish oil a day will not thin your blood and cause bleeding. It's in this study. They found out this is the truth. And so she was in a coma so deep that she was basically a rock with a pulse. And then when we started giving her the fish oil, she popped out of the coma, started responding to her name and started learning how to walk again. And so one thing is like, yeah, on the, on the medical side, like people don't have to be in a wheelchair for 11 months being fed garbage through a tube. And then the other thing is for the stuff that can take people from a, a deficit of health back to normal and thriving again. I mean, cause now Kevin's in backflips at Barton Springs and stuff. Whereas before he was in a wheelchair and couldn't even talk. Uh, but it doesn't have to take 11 months. We can dramatically accelerate that process. And if you're okay in health, it can take you to above and beyond to a place where your brain flows so naturally that it's almost like you, you don't even notice the glitches because everything is happening so smoothly. You're not stumbling on your words. You don't walk to the fridge and go, oh, why did I come here again? Oh, well. And then you don't, you're not like, oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. It just works. And uh, so it's, it's very consumer focused for people who just want to optimize their brain as well as for people who want uh, are recovering from a traumatic brain injury or, or any kind of neurological illness. Yeah, I would say that that can also incre increase our productivity in an insane way for someone who's wanting to up-level up -level their nutrition and their brain health, huh? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that and, and like your memory, like you can uh, literally build more hard drive space in your brain and uh, so that you remember the things that you learn and you can get information in faster and out faster. Um, so like my three favorite like natural supplements for it are the fish oil and then citicoline, C-I-T-I-C-O-L-I-N-E, citicoline and uridine. Um, it, so those things basically kickstart this thing called the Kennedy cycle in the brain and your brain just starts building new neurons. Even if you just do the fish oil, you're going to get great results from building new brain material and it, and it coats your nerve. So you're protected from stress. Like most people are walking around and their nervous system is like a series of exposed wires. So at the littlest thing, somebody cuts you off in traffic, just sends you into a rage because your nervous system is just so sensitized to everything. Um, so yeah, it can dramatically, uh, increase your productivity. And, and, uh, since I'm not plugging a product here, just a general <laughs> product there's, they've shown studies that EPA and DHA, the omega threes from fish oil are more effective at treating depression, anxiety, and major depressive disorder, more effective than an SSRI drug, which is a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor. It's the prescription drug they use for depression. Um, it's a class of drugs, but the fish oil 
beats it, you know, beats it for all, there's multiple studies on it. So, I mean, not only your productivity, but just your ability to enjoy life and to be effective and to, yeah, really embody yourself instead of embodying these stress habits or yeah are like flowing through life more instead of like you said those exposed wires and all of a sudden we're just tripped off immediately yeah yeah exactly. not to have road rage anymore or just to be and then that relates like you were saying to the emotional stability being able to handle our triggers because we all have triggers and how how do we stay in the moment and say i'm triggered right now that probably allows us to more flow into those personal growth moments. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, even a lot of the, the non-dietary protocols uh, that we're going to talk about that, uh, all of those things help so much with that, with presence, with being in the moment. Mm. With, but it's weird because like we know it. And when I tell you, you're like, I know, I know, don't do that. <laughs> meditation i can't do it i know i'm supposed to like exercise you know and uh, but it it we've seen so much research coming from like yale and harvard and like all of these prestigious universities that actually has physiological effects on your brain and on your hormones and you can actually reprogram your body that's meditation has effects on your hormones yes so oh wow John Kabat-Zinn did some of the great research from Harvard. Um, he was studying the neurological effects, but we've also have other studies with hormones. But so one thing it did was, uh, it's weird, it actually increased brain activity when they actually got into it, but it was in a different brain wave state. Uh, so you think your brain is turning off, but actually your brain is kind of like defragging itself like a computer would. Um, and you're just kind of in an observational state, mindfulness meditation. But so the, the, I believe it's frontal left cortex, one of the two, one of the frontal of the left or right, I'm pretty sure it's the left, uh, is associated with anxiety and depression and panic attacks and that kind of thing. And they saw this was like a massive thing with like the right hand man, the right hand man of the Dalai Lama, like master meditator it was very easy for him to drop into that state and to turn off that part of the brain. But even for people who are Joe Schmo, regular person who doesn't meditate, they saw the same neurological effects start in as little as three deep breaths. And if they continue yeah. to keep breathing for about 10 minutes, just focusing on the breath, feeling it go in and feeling it go out, um, they have the same neurological effects as a master meditator. And it can literally just turn off the depression, the anxiety, and a lot of those things. Now, there are some times where there's a certain lifestyle thing, like maybe you hate your job, or maybe you have issues with your spouse or something that can also influence anxiety and depression and that kind of thing. But a lot of it is just the noise. And when you get rid of that noise, um, you're so much more effective in life. So with the hormone health, it dramatically can help lower cortisol levels, your stress hormone. When your stress hormone's up, you're in fight or flight. And if you're in fight or flight, you won't be in growth or development. So like your thyroid hormone and sex hormone are going to go down. So you're going to start getting fat and you're going to start losing your libido. And this is what happens with stress. We all know cortisol it causes the belly fat too. Most people are like, oh no, cortisol and belly fat. And I'm like, yeah, it also will corrode your brain and your digestion and your hormone health. And it leads to all these things like anxiety and depression 
and, and that kind of thing, you know? And so, so there's some times where, you know, you lose a loved one and depression is a natural response. And then there's some times where it's just the accumulation of stress and anger and all of these different things or, or toxins in your body over a long period of time. And you're like, I'm depressed and I don't know why. And it's just because your body and brain isn't able to function at the caliber that it used to function at. Um, yeah. yeah, and all these good fats, they help us to be able to function in that way again, or we start to be able to be there again. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, this is, it's something, it's kind of become a sensation now, uh, the bulletproof coffee, like it was just uh, kind of bought by Whole Foods, not like bought, but they like exclusively carry the bulletproof coffee. And so Dave Asprey is called the Bulletproof Executive, you know, and he runs like a billion dollar cybersecurity firm and stuff, but he also teaches about health and nutrition. And so we were talking about this, the MCT oil. Uh, MCT stands for medium chain triglycerides, and it's an extract from coconut oil. Uh, so he has a certain kind called brain octane, uh, which is just this one compound from coconut oil called caprylic acid. And so your body converts the fat into ketones and then ketones are what fuel your cells. So if you're fueling on sugar, that's glucose. And if you're fueling on fat, that's ketones. And so when you have ketones, you have less pain and inflammation and more energy. And then with the glucose, it's the opposite. You have more inflammation and pain and less energy, which is other than the best news ever. But so most yeah. people, don't want to do like a modified Atkins diet or a high fat, low carb diet. It's just a lot of people don't want to do that. They're like, I like my bread. I like my wine or whatever it is. That's their vice. Uh, you know, but with these MCT oils, you can get, um, those same kinds of benefits of a ketogenic diet, many of them without having to cut out the carbs because the MCT oils, your body just processes them all for energy now or else they just go straight through your body. So your body won't store this fat as body fat. It'll like, I, I recommend working up slowly. So start with like, you know, a teaspoon a day. And then okay. as your liver is able to make more of those fatty enzymes. So Tim Ferriss who's another famous biohacker. He calls it disaster pants because if <laughs> you eat too much of it, it will just go straight through you. With the MCT oil? Yeah. So Oh, I didn't realize that. Okay, cool. So I've gotten up to where I can do like, like six tablespoons, like ridiculous amounts, but <laughs> got to slowly work up to that. But I mean, the MCTs, not only do they help reduce the incidence of cancer and actually help shrink tumors as they've seen in studies, but benefits with brain health, especially Alzheimer's and dementia, as well as it's antifungal and antimicrobial. So it has immune, immune enhancing effects. But so, yeah, so it's kind of like, a lot of people know the Bulletproof coffee as the butter coffee because they put grass-fed butter in it, which also has an MCT called conjugated linoleic acid. And then they put the coconut oil in it. So you drink this drink in the morning and you can just make it at home. It's like eight, seven bucks at Whole Foods. <laughs> at home with like Kerrygold butter and your MCT oil because uh, Kerrygold is grass-fed, grass-finished butter. And just blend it in your coffee. Use a little stevia or monk fruit or some kind of non-calorie sweetener. But people love it because they start burning these things for ketones. They don't feel hungry. And if your brain has to choose between glucose, sugar, or ketones, fat, 
it will spare the glucose and use the ketones first. So, we, and it's, so it's a mathematical equation. Like the more ketones, so screw that. Yes, yeah, that's really cool. That's so cool. Sorry about the vibrating. My phone is just going off on the table. Yeah, I so and can you talk a little bit more about the MCT oil and how it benefits your hormones too? Looks like Uh, so can you talk a little bit more about the MCT oil and how it relates to your hormones? Because you said it's also beneficial to that too, right? Yeah, so that's, that's one thing that's really interesting about it. So like we know that there's a direct connection between saturated fat and hormones. Um, so like for example, um, they gave uh, men uh, who had low testosterone, or beef, I don't know if it was grass-fed beef, but they gave them beef, which has a type of saturated fat in it. It also has an MCT in it called conjugated linoleic acid, CLA. It's the same one that's in butter. And then the MCT in coconut oil, they gave to another group of men with low T. And they both had the same increase in testosterone. Uh, now, the other thing, though, is that the meat, particularly cow, dense of a prostate-specific antigen, which causes prostate swelling with the red meat, um, so I'm, I'm kind of a moderate protein person. I'm like, I love meat protein and I eat it and I have eggs and other stuff like that as well. Um, uh, I particularly like, you know, the grass fed and the wild game and stuff like that, because I think it less negatively affects your hormones. But so even just the saturated fat and coconut oil though, it doesn't cause the estrogen off balance and it can give you more uh, of that substrate needed to create hormones. So like the saturated fat first becomes pregnenolone, which helps with myelination of your brain. Uh, so it, that kind of coats your neurons and helps them fire faster and more efficiently. And then that becomes DHEA, uh, which is important for memory storage, as well as like 150 other metabolic processes. So these are neurosteroids. So it's like first the fat goes right to the brain and helps enhance your brain function. But then that DHEA becomes testosterone and estrogen. Um, so the testosterone, men and women both have testosterone. Women just have 1 30th of the testosterone that a man has. Um, but it helps with, you know, libido. It gives you more energy. You build more muscle. You burn fat a lot more easily. And it also helps with focus and motivation. Uh, and so it has the same effect in women. And so if women go too low in testosterone, they have similar kinds of effects. It's just blah, flat, you know. Um, but the same thing with men. But so, um, yeah, so there's, there's something I was going to circle back to there. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, so I mean, the saturated fats are essential. I just remember what it was. It's, and what we're seeing as well is that cholesterol is also very important for this, for hormones, as well as for um, the, the creation of some of these uh, neurotransmitters, as well as a, a, tr a transport mechanism for like your happy brain chemicals like serotonin and dopamine. And so what we're seeing as well is like, I'm not saying go bananas with the cholesterol, we've completely demonized cholesterol without realizing that it does play a function in our body. 
And we've seen that a low cholesterol diet has been connected to anxiety and depression and cancer. And so, you know, um, yeah. And in low cholesterol, you're referring to super low fat, correct? Well, so cholesterol, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a type of fat that is found in only animal products. So it's only in like eggs, butter, or meats or things like that. Um, but yeah, so I mean, the, the thing about it is that we've been warned about cholesterol because, oh, cholesterol will give you heart disease and that kind of thing. But what we're starting to realize, uh, and I'm not just me saying this, like I work with a lot of functional neurologists and cardiologists and stuff. Um, so like, for example, I know I met a cardiologist at, at KetoCon, a ketogenic diet conference, and he puts all of his patients on a high fat, low carb diet and they do intermittent fasting and exercise. So they, it did raise their total HDL, good cholesterol, as well as their LDL. So they had a higher total cholesterol, but their HbA1c went down, which it regulates how efficiently you regulate your blood sugar. So like if you're, they test people's HbA1c to see if you're diabetic or not. So like their numbers improved there and their inflammatory markers improved and all of these other things that could potentially cause a heart attack all improved. And then we look at these other studies where we see a statin drug or another drug that is designed to lower both your LDL and HDL or, or to even just lower the LDL. This was the, the study I was looking at. They just lowered the LDL and their HDL or good cholesterol was high, but they had more mortality from all causes from, from brain, uh, brain health issues from, you know, diabetes, cancer, et cetera, at higher rates of all cause mortality. And a part of that is those LDLs, those lipoproteins are there to transport what we call bad cholesterol is there to transport nutrients like fat soluble vitamins, like vitamin D that helps with your immune system, all these other things. So I'm not saying go crazy with fats. Uh, but what we see in like the Mediterranean diet is that they're very generous with their fats. So like if you do high fat and high carb, that's just a high calorie diet. I'm not saying do that, but you can do moderate fat and moderate carb. And we see way less incidence of, of heart disease in a lot of these countries over there. I mean, even France, they eat more saturated fat than any other country in Europe. And they have some of the lowest incidence of heart disease. So like we, we kind of have it a little wrong of what we think is causing heart disease. Um, yeah, I, w I was personally raised eating a lot of low-fat foods, and I never really liked the way they tasted. And then I lived in France for about four years, and I, I fell in love with the high-fat diet. It's like, oh, this, make, this makes more sense. I feel better. I, for, I feel more energy. Though, <clears throat> like you were saying, I want to get that leads me into the three dietary rituals is that like I learned in one of your dietary rituals about casein or cheese and how it did not affect me in a positive way while I was in France because I had never eaten high fat cheese before in my life. It, I, I just had and I had never actually eaten goat's cheese really growing up in the US. So I switched over everything into eating which they have like 30 different choices of goat's cheese there. So it's easy. It was easy for me to find the ones that I liked. And they're also a lot lower in fat, though there's still somewhat high fat in, in terms of food or the dietary value. 
though that that really helped my digestion when I understood that my body can't really handle super high fat foods. Yeah, well, yeah. So this is well, it's it's something that a lot of people run into with um, if you're doing a ketogenic diet, like a modified Atkins diet, like high fat, low carb. One of the things that will impede weight loss is if you do too much cheese or too much nuts. And a part mm. of that is because there's like certain inflammatory, there's certain fats that can be inflammatory if you eat too much uh, of the nuts. But in the milk, what you're talking about with the casein is there tends to be inflammatory proteins in there like casein. So casein is the milk protein. It's not in goat's milk, uh, but it is in cow's milk. Um, so this is what's so complicated about milk and cheese and people like it's, it's the thing, the three things that I say, if you really like want to revolutionize your life, like three foods, like not chemicals, we're talking about chemicals, like pesticides and artificial colors and dyes, all of that is guilty until proven innocent. And most of it, we know it's carcinogenic or damages your brain or whatever. But with foods, there's three foods that nobody ever wants me to hear. Everyone's, nobody ever wants to hear me tell them it will change your life is casein from milk and cheese and then gluten from wheat mainly but it's in a couple other grains and then sugar and when i say sugar i just mean refined sugar um like sugar cane juice is a totally different thing than something we've boiled and bleached and all that stuff um but the reason people don't want to hear it is because they're highly addictive so we've seen with sugar that's eight times more addictive than cocaine. They inject it into rats and sugar in one and cocaine in the other. And the rats are eight times more likely to pick the sugar, even if they're already addicted to cocaine. But with casein and gluten, it's actually just like an opiate. So it hits these receptors called new endorphin receptors in the intestines. And so it sucks all the water out of your intestines, just like what would happen on morphine or on some other kind of opiate like that. And so it's amazing when you cut it out and then you reintroduce it, you feel the drug-like effects. Like there's a reason it's a comfort food. And when you cut it out, the thing you're going to be missing is cheese pizza. You know, <laughs> like um, it only takes 21 days for your mind to reset a new normal. And so you will no longer be addicted to it by that point. And when you try to reintroduce it, you'll be like, wow, it's just crazy. Um, but there's that addiction there. And, and uh, there's also an effect caused by this called intestinal permeability and so it, the casein and the gluten can both cause particles to leak out from your intestinal tract and when that happens that gets into your bloodstream sometimes it's undigested proteins that your immune system attacks and it causes these false alarms in your body sometimes different microbes and things will get through so it's just going to lower your immune system function mm -hmm. It's going to increase brain fog. It's going to raise your cortisol levels, which is going to throw off your hormones. And so this is one reason why me and Kevin's dietary protocol is so similar is because all health begins in the gut and all disease also begins in the gut. And so whether it's hormone health or somebody has Crohn's disease or somebody has a brain injury, you first go to the roots of the tree, you first go to the digestive tract and start to heal that. So I mean, uh, something that he and I both talk about is like, just just give me 60 days, just cut it out for 60 days, even if you cut it out for a month or for three weeks and reintroduce it, re like wake up, 
on the day you're going to eat the cheese and you eat the slice of cheese. And I recommend getting, getting some grass fed, like organic cheese. So you know, it's the cheese and not some chemical they added to the cheese, like growth hormone, like RBST or something like that. And so you, you eat it, you test your pulse, your resting pulse, uh, before you eat it and then about 30 minutes after you eat it and if your pulse has gone up by about 15 to 20 beats per minute you know that you're having a sensitivity or an allergic reaction to it the other thing is then you wait two more days before you introduce say gluten because it gives your excuse me your cells time to reset your cells will reset all the receptors including your hormone receptors will reset every three days and so then you're starting with a blank slate, then try a slice of bread, organic sprouted bread, the best bread you can possibly find. So you know it's not because it's GMO or whatever, and then try it. But so over those three days, you're monitoring, how is my brain fog? How is my inflammation? Have I gone to the bathroom today? How is my digestion? And then you can see for yourself whether or not this is something that you're gonna do every day or maybe a couple times a week or every once in a while or almost never or absolutely never. Because for me, once I cut it out and then reintroduce it, I was like doubled over in pain after I ate it. I was like, oh my God, Whew, why did I do this? Like this, I can't do this all the time. And sometimes I will, you know, but I, won't course, splurge, yeah. but I won't splurge on a Domino's pizza. If I really want pizza, I'll go to like Ufalina or some amazing, you know, organic promise pizza or something. Like if I know it's a splurge because I know how it interacts with my body. And so... I empower people, you know, before demonizing any kind of food, like see how it works with your body. And maybe it works with you for a time. You don't notice any problems. And then maybe that changes over time. Like you may be able to go back to it, but I, I recommend you find out for yourself and also kind of understand uh, what's going on in your own body because that's the only thing that's really going to impact your health. Yeah, I completely agree. Like the gluten makes me have a lot of brain fog. So I pretty much cut it out all out about six years ago. Though if I make homemade bread at home or homemade pizza dough with everything from scratch and it's like five ingredients, I don't notice the same kind of brain fog. Yeah. Or the it, same effects. It's interesting. It's interesting because a lot of people that think they're gluten intolerant, they go to Europe and they're not eating the GMO bread or it might not have pesticides on it in the same way. And they're like, wow, I thought it was gluten intolerant, but actually this pain in my stomach is something else. Um, so yeah, that's another thing is like, so glyphosate is another one that like on, on all the GMO corn, GMO wheat and GMO soy mainly, which they sneak it into everything. Uh, but that compound, the Roundup or glyphosate made by Monsanto, there's a lot of studies about it and its connection to celiac disease. And there's a group of scientists from the National Institutes of Health that think the rise in celiac disease is because of glyphosate. They also see that it affects your gut bacteria in a negative way. It specifically kills the good ones and helps bad ones like botulism and salmonella go crazy. And the same thing is if they're feeding animals GMO grains, then it's getting into them and doing the same thing too. Like feeding chickens corn with glyphosate increased the amount of salmonella in them. And so it's the way we said this before, but the things that are poisoning you are also poisoning the planet and vice versa. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah. totally.
I don't care yeah. about the environment. It's like it's affecting your environment too inside of you. It's so true. Like even using natural cleaners in your house or in the toilet water or you're using unnatural dishwashing soap, dish the in the any kind of dish detergent and it's going down the drain and then they're not really filtering out of our water. It's just this never ending cycle. Our pharmaceuticals in the water. Yeah, and I mean, it's like yeah. you said, it goes into the water, but also when you rub it on your skin, about 60% of it, depending on what's in there and stuff, will get into your bloodstream and in about 20 to 30 seconds. There's usually traceable amounts of whatever chemical you put on your hand in your bloodstream, and it bypasses the liver at that point, and then it goes either stored in fat cells or your body has to make new fat cells or it puts tax on the kidneys and that kind of thing. So it's like, it, it's getting into you. And we're seeing that indoor air quality is seven to 10 times worse than outdoor air quality, even in some of the worst polluted cities, because we're just spraying the stuff everywhere <laughs> inside. <laughs> now we open the dishwasher and fumes just, we open the dryer and fumes just come out of there. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of natural stuff out there. There's actually, to make this super easy and short, and we can move on to the next topic, there's a great app called Think Dirty. Think Dirty. And what you can do is you can look at your products and you can rate them. I mean, you can look at them on the thing and they'll show you the cited studies of this causes hormone disruption, this causes skin irritation, this causes that. And so then when you're going to the store too, you can see like Alba brand. This one says it's natural. How natural actually is it? And then you type it in and it gives you the score, how it affects the environment and how it affects your body. So it just makes it easier because I studied this stuff for years of like phthalates and parabens and you know, and it's just so much easier now that somebody's put it all in one place and you can just search it, you know? Cool. Yeah. Thanks for that. And I, I wanted to ask you on a more personal level for men, have you been seeing that there's um, a rise in prostate health and and like why is that because I've been hearing that from some of the men in my life even in their early 30s and that's something maybe that men decades ago weren't dealing with until their early 50s and why is that so prevalent right now especially in the American culture yeah absolutely um it, it's what we're I call them the big three but it's personal care products pesticides and plastics so a lot of those things have different compounds in them called xenoestrogens, which means foreign estrogens. So it's affecting men and women. There are girls we're seeing between the ages of seven and 10 who are A, starting to menstruate, and B, they have more xenoestrogens in their body than their own estrogens. So we're seeing such a saturation of it. Uh, there's a thing with, with men as well, like we're seeing in, in babies in areas in Europe where they're using these kinds of pesticides that are uh, um, xenoestrogens, you know? So like they're seeing like weird formations with, with the male genitalia and things like, uh, yeah, like testicles not fully developing and that kind of thing. But we're also seeing it in, I mean, this is in kids that are born in those areas where it's like, fumes of it everywhere um but even you know just being exposed to it on a on a daily level you know like whether it's just the lotions or personal care products that you put on or the pesticides in your food 
um, we're seeing more and more people become estrogen dominant because what happens is there's your normal level of estrogen and estrogen kind of opposes uh, vitamin D3, which is a pro-hormone, and then DHEA, which is that neurosteroid we talked about earlier, and uh, testosterone and progesterone. And so if your estrogen gets way too high out of control, it's going to downregulate all these other things. And so it's going to affect your immune system. It's going to affect you're going to have headaches. You're going to feel moody. You're going to feel tired but wired at night. And you're going to feel lethargic in the morning. And when I explain those symptoms to people, like those are symptoms of estrogen dominance as well as like PMS and endometriosis and that kind of thing, they're just like, wait, what? Like I can have periods that are not painful? And it's like, yeah, you can. You just have to get that back in balance. But so men are having the same kind of thing where they're getting the man boobs. They're getting the love handles because that's where estrogens deposit is man boobs and love handles. Um, you know, and then it's going to cause, you know, erectile dysfunction and all these things that kind of mimic depression and that kind of thing. So I'm like, men, you don't want to be <laughs> like, <laughs> and like have no libido and have man boobs and all that stuff. Eat organic. It's better for you and it's better for the planet. And like, you know, don't buy the cheap crap. There's, there's, there's cheap products that you can use that are natural actually i have one right here because it's great for men because it's all of the things it is all of the things it's just like this is super cheap it's called everyone soap oh i actually have that one too yeah it's for your body what your what flavor what flavor is it again that you have the coconut lemon one. Oh, i need to try that one i i think i have a citrus one yeah. So yeah. you use it for your hair too? Yeah, you can use it for your wow. hair too. I know guys are like, oh, I don't want to have a gazillion. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of into products, but that's, I usually use that when traveling. But um, yeah, I mean, because the thing is like it, it, when it gets, it gets on your skin and then it bypasses your liver and then it's in your bloodstream. Whereas most of those things, most of those xenoestrogens in your food are going to get stuck in your liver. But then once your liver is overloaded, then it starts creating this downward spiral. And uh, as Dr. Sarah Gottfried calls it, uh, falling down a hormonal flight of stairs. <laughs> you get to the bottom and you're in pain. You're like, how did I get here? Oh my God. <laughs> it's just because it's one thing after another and it just creates a, a domino effect. It feels like falling down the stairs. Yeah. Or like a woman having a very painful period once a month. Something yeah. similar to that, huh? Yeah. And I mean, so the other thing is that, yeah, it's, it's that, that, painful menstruation is one thing but also uh estrogen and men have estrogen as well and it's important it regulates <coughs> among other things uh, it also helps with brain development and brain growth um but so when it starts to go out of control and the estrogen is opposing all of these other hormones and nutrients it can become all of these things from skin complaints and autoimmune issues to feeling like depression no energy or not being able to go to sleep at night. So it's weird because it can be like insomnia at night and feeling lethargic during the day. And so it, but it creates this vicious cycle where you get stuck. Um, but the, the really big takeaway besides not, um, not putting these kinds of toxic chemicals in your body is a lot of it comes down to stress. Now the, the to like physical stress. Now the, the toxic chemicals and stuff can cause stress on a cellular level. And if you, 
if that cellular level gets out of control, then it's going to cause stress on your physical body level where you'll actually notice it. You'll have the hormone spike of cortisol. Um, but honestly, by, by lowering the inflammation and lowering the levels of stress through things like exercise and meditation, just simple things like that, you're probably doing 50% of the work. You know, the reason that I mentioned even gluten and casein is because a lot of people have allergies to those things and you're eating something that you're mildly allergic to all the time. Your body thinks it's running away from a tiger all the time. And, you know, it's the same thing though. Like honestly, if you don't change your diet, but you get good sleep at night and you hydrate, these are my five rock star rituals. You get good sleep at night, hydrate, exercise and or fasting. I put those together. Uh, because they kind of do a similar thing to your brain and hormones. So these are uh, your five rock star rituals? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, so the exercise and fasting are paired as one thing because they both do the same thing. They both increase neurotrophins and human growth hormone. So it basically builds your brain and your muscles and all of your other hormones. Um, and then there's meditation and then journaling, specifically gratitude journaling. Mm because you're doing these things to like okay these are five non-dietary things that like if you just get those five things and you're like i'm gonna eat cheese pizza i don't care if you just do these five things you're gonna have dramatic results um i like to do them in the first hour in the last hour of the day and i don't check my phone in that time because you start to program your brain to be reactive to other people's stuff instead of being proactive and doing this thing for yourself. And then after that first hour, you step out into the world and then, you know, people are calling on you at your business and whatever and, you know, clients and things like that. Um, but that first hour and last hour, you're priming your brain. And so the thing is, um, with the meditation, you're lowering your cortisol levels right in the morning so that you're going to be less reactive to stress. You're also shutting off that part of the brain that's going to cause the anxiety, the depression, and all of those kinds of things, the panic attacks. And so you just start training your brain first thing in the morning to like, hey, shut that down. This is the mode we're going to operate in. And then with the gratitude journaling, um, positive psychology studies, they had people who claimed to be even genetic pessimists. They say, everyone in my family is a pessimist. They made them do gratitude journaling. And their overall level of happiness rose far above what they thought was even possible for them. So during the study, they had this idea of a genetic set limit of happiness based on your cultural programming. These people blew it out of the water just by writing three things that they're grateful for, unique things for 21 days. Even when they stopped, though, even when they stopped, after 21 days, their mind created the habit of constantly seeking for things to be grateful for. And so they were happy for months and months after they stopped doing the gratitude journal because they had trained a new habit in their mind to look for things to be grateful for instead of things to be scared of or angry at or make fun of or whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, so I mean the fasting and exercise, you're just creating a little bit of stress, just enough stress to create an adaptive response in your body. So like don't work out to lose weight, like work out to feel good because we know it works better. Uh, mm -hmm. It works better than drugs at that depression. Well, it works at least equally is what they found in the study. So this study, uh, they had three groups of people 
and they had one on just a drug, an SSRI drug, one on doing exercise and drugs, the SSRI, and then one doing just exercise, and all groups had the same results of people that get out of the depression. But then they did a follow-up study, like three, six, and nine months later, and after nine months, there was a only a 9% relapse rate in the group that just did exercise. And in the other groups, and I think it's because they felt empowered that they could make the change and they could continue that. So even though it's really stopped working out for like the three-month study, uh, they still were happier and they had way less relapse rate back into the depression where it was 31% for the uh, group that did exercise and the drug and then like 36% for the group that did just the drug. And again, I'm not saying that exercising is an antidepressant, but not exercising is like taking a depressant. And so it's a, it's a exercise to feel good and, and really stick to that. Because if it's this thing of self-hate, of, oh, I'm just fat and I need to work out to burn it off, then you're going to stress yourself out. You're not going to be as motivated because pain gets you motivated a little bit, but not really. Uh, whereas that working out to feel good and to benefit your hormones and benefit your brain, it, it's yeah, kind of like know that you're going to release the stress afterwards. You're going to feel so much better. That's what I tell myself. I'm like, I'm going to feel so much more release and less stress after because my stress builds up throughout the day, like a, a lot of entrepreneurs. And then I need to go and just, just take that, all that fire out at the gym because I know I'm going to feel better afterwards. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a positive feedback loop rather than this negative feedback loop of, I need to work out because I hate the way I look. You know, it's, it's not motivating. That's not motivating at all. <laughs> yeah. I completely agree. I wanted to touch on, too, you brought up a good point when we were talking about when we're in road rage or as if, like, with the wiring and the neurotransmitters and the neurons in our brain and how the, the myelin sheath, it's like we're so exposed all the time because we're not a lot of times getting the MCT oil or the fish oil or the good fats. And we're like, you, you described it in such an amazing way, like just open wires ready to trigger so can you go into that a little bit more? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, myelin is, just, is the fatty sheath around your neurons. And so it's basically like, yeah, like a wire, like we have a non-conductive casing around the wire. Um, so one of the big components in that is EPA, DHA, which is the fish oil, omega-3s, um, coconut oil and other fatty acids like oleic acid can help. So oleic acid is omega-9, it's found in like olive oil and some other oils like avocado oil. Um, so those, all of those kinds of fatty acids are so important for coating the neurons. And like, it, because if your neurons are exposed, then it's like every little stimuli is, is the volume is turned up. The volume is turned mm -hmm. up on all the stimuli. And it's like, you, you, I mean, you can literally see it sometimes, like if you've had too much caffeine or something like that, or if you're anxious and your hand starts to shake, it's, it's your nervous system has these kind of exposed wires and you just take it all in. And um, the other thing that's amazing about it though, is like not only, um, I think I said this earlier, but the omega-3s, the EPA and DHA worked better than an antidepressant. It worked better than the SSRI drug for anxiety, depression, and major depressive disorder. Um, so what they see is it lowers your stress hormone levels, the cortisol levels, and then it also has these other applicable 
things. It makes you way less resistant to stress and it's easier for you to kind of handle the normal stresses of life and that kind of thing. The other thing is that a myelinated neuron can fire up to 10 times faster than a regular neuron. So it's one of the wow. reasons when your brain comes back online, it feels so effortless. It feels so effortless because you're just doing it and your brain is sending these signals back and forth. There's not a lag time of, wait, what was I going to do? Um, so yeah, it, it helps with the like not feeling like crap, but then also helps with performing your best. And there's these, there's these kind of win-win kind of supplements and nutrients that kind of do that, or it's like the best of both worlds. And fish oil is definitely a big one of those. Cool. Cool. Before we hop off too, I wanted you to touch on, which I feel like, everybody needs to hear and how testosterone, progesterone and estrogen affect our brains and how it's a little bit different with the effects on the brain of a man related to sensory stimuli than it is on a woman. Cause I actually had never connected that together until our conversation a few minutes ago. Cause sometimes people refer to women as more sensitive in general than men and you had mentioned something about noticing when we're off on our sleep how a woman notices quicker than a man does and just in general how the hormones affect our brains in a unique though like in a in a very amazing and positive way for both sexes but in a very unique way yeah yeah absolutely yeah. i mean so that was part of one of the big things that I learned from Dr. Sarah Gottfried uh, in her book, The Hormone Reset Diet. She also wrote The Hormone Cure, but she's my celebrity crush. I love her. <laughs> she's a yoga teacher and a Harvard-educated gynecologist. So she's like science and spirituality meet, which is like totally me. I'm just like, oh, you rock. So, <laughs> so she works with mostly women because I mean, she's a gynecologist, you know? I and mean, so she, she started working with men with the dietary stuff. She didn't, never, anyway, <laughs> you get it. So, uh, so it's amazing because women are so, yeah, they're much more sensitive to oxidative stress and to environmental stressors. And it's important. I mean, they're the sacred chalice of life and whatever is happening in your bloodstream is going to go right into the child. And I said before that, I, I think that this is one of the reasons why women live on average way longer than most men is because they're actually more finely tuned to the things that are causing damage to their body. So that study you talked about, uh, and I'll get back to some of Sarah Gottfried's insights, but that study is the Stanford uh, sleep study. And they had women sleep deprived them one day and they showed inflammatory markers the next day. Whereas with men, it took about three to four days for their cortisol levels to rise. And they didn't, they didn't completely sleep deprive them, but it's like a three to four hour thing. They didn't get REM sleep. It wasn't a full night of sleep. But it's damaging to a man as well. You know, like getting the, the lack of sleep is going to increase their oxidative stress and cause all this damage. It's just that men are more resistant to those things that are causing damage. But it's not that it's not that it's not causing damage. You just don't notice it as much. And it's kind of the the testosterone way. And you're fixing a man's hormones, basically you get his stress levels down and his testosterone's up and that slow burn. And he's just like, yeah, I can handle anything, whatever. <laughs> Whereas like with women, you're they're riding these currents up and down and there's there has to be more balance so the reason that I put the exercise and fasting together is like if you fast like intermittent fast so you like eat 
like eight, let's say you finish eating at 8 p.m., you wait four hours, go to sleep, sleep for eight hours, and then you skip breakfast. So about 16 hours altogether. If you are fasted and you do some cardio or exercise in the morning, it increases women's human growth hormone by 1300%. And for men, it goes up 2000%. And so HGH, human growth hormone, also increases testosterone. But so like if a woman is always putting herself in that kind of stress, then eventually the ovaries will stop having periods, it'll stop you know, having the ovulation, that kind of thing, it will just shut down because it goes, whoa, if, if, if on, in a hormonal and neurotransmitter level, my body thinks the world is ending, that's the first thing to go, is fertility. And uh, women are much more in tuned into that, into the things that are actually causing oxidative stress and damage in their body because it's going to cause damage to the future of the species as well um, and to the eggs that they carry because they carry their eggs throughout their whole life. Uh, whereas men are kind of meant to be, you know, kind of not meant to be, but the <laughs> testosterone makes you a little bit of a dumb brutish hunter. You're just like, oh, I just want to fight and procreate. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> you know, and so it's like, um, Whereas with, with women, there's this ebb and this flow. I mean, the same thing with, uh, this is what Sarah Gottfried talks about in her book. Um, men can just go full <clears throat> diet, very high fat, low carb. And it puts the body in a little bit of a stress state, but it, the man's body, it just can handle it. It's just like, whatever, I'll process it. Whereas with women, eventually your body will think it's starving itself because you have leptin receptors in the ovaries that regulate your hormones. So you eat sugar or carbs, and then insulin comes out. We all know about that with diabetics. And then leptin says, hey, you're full. Stop eating. So she has women on that hormone reset diet do a, a low-carb diet, like 150 grams per day or less. Um, if you need to lose weight, you can do less than that. But, um, but for a lot of women, though, it's like if you just go extreme to one side, whether it's extreme workout or extreme sleep deprivation or fasting or food deprivation, the body shuts down and kind of digs its heels into the ground and says, stop doing that. We can't keep doing that. It's not sustainable. Uh, whereas I think with men, I think they kind of just like go for it and just keep going. But then they, so I think that's, you know. And they're, they're all in. So like a boyfriend and a girlfriend or husband and wife should not necessarily do the exact same diet. Yeah, yeah. Probably. I, that, that was what she said yeah. in her book. She was yeah. like, my husband would do keto and eat all this meat and stuff. <laughs> for me, I barely lost anything. And it's because there's more at play there and your body will dig its heels into the ground and say, no, this isn't good for us. I'm showing you a symptom. Whereas I think men are less aware of it and it's still causing damage. And it just becomes this cliff of like, Oh, my back went out or, Oh, I just destroyed my knee. You know, where men just kind of, just kind of grind their body away in that way. Whereas women I think are more aware of it and they're more cognizant of it. And a part of that has to do with the estrogen and progesterone. So estrogen and progesterone, women have 30 times as much as men, and men still have it, but 30th. But it boosts this compound called nerve growth factor, NGF, which mainly has to do with sensory neurons. And so with sensory neurons, uh, they're picking up, you know, sights, sounds, colors, tastes, body language shifts, little things like that. And so it's particularly high, the estrogen is particularly high during the, um, right, the menstruation. Leave. And is it daring also menstruation? Maybe the beginning. That yeah, that's a part of it because it, it because the estrogen causes rapid cell growth and you have to regrow the lining of the uterus. Oh, uh, okay. 
yeah so there is there is kind of a spike there um they can also be a spike at ovulation but so there's there's kind of these waves of hormones of progesterone and estrogen throughout the month but they both increase nerve growth factor and actually you grow more neurons that are sensing every little detail around you and then communicating it to all these different parts of the brain and so whereas with men and testosterone it's kind of more like laser focus do this thing i can only focus on this one thing and it's just like in a box like Arr. compartmentalized yeah yeah whereas, which is interesting because that's sometimes how we communicate differently <laughs> between men and women <laughs> yeah, absolutely it's like wow. here's how i feel and what i'm sensing whereas men is like how can i help what can i do what can i do how can i help what do i need to do what do yeah. i just tell me what I need to do <laughs> yeah where do i need to put this which compartment does this fit in <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly <laughs> That makes so much sense. Thank you so much, Zach. I feel like we can, everybody needs to hear about this topic and we can continue on this topic for hours. It's, how can people reach you if they wanted to have you speak at their next event or have well, some kind of consultation with you? My, yeah, my best email right now is Zach at feedabrain.com. Uh, it's cause it's the one I'm checking all the time for putting all my work stuff in that one. Um, and uh, I've also written like uh, 20 or 30, I don't think they're all out yet, but like 20 or 30 blog posts for the Feed a Brain blog on feedabrain.com. So there's a lot of free info that you can get there of more about brain and biohacking and that kind of thing. But also you can email me at Zach at feedabrain.com. I'm on Facebook as Zach Nasser. I love Facebook. Um, so yeah, anything like that. Cool. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here.